Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Oh, not much. Uh, just uh, exhausted from the ongoing move. It's uh, so it's uh, more on that later. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going good, I guess. You guess? I guess. I'm not done yet. It's just a guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess is a guess. I guess is as good as anything. <laughs> so you're just totally concentrating on moving right now. You're not even concentrating on summer or anything, are you? Nope. You lie. You, sir, are a liar. <laughs> a liar. And I'm calling you out on it. I haven't done any of the planning for the uh, Wapakimi trip. I had to remember the name of it. <laughs> what do you call three bags of OTG meals? Oh, there is that. Oh, you liar! That was a uh, that was a crime of opportunity. A crime of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crime. <laughs> so we went to the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium on the weekend, and uh, we had our booth there. We supported every year, sponsored every year. We have our booth there. Uh, we ended up in a different spot than normal this mm-hmm. year, which was uh, unforeseen. Yeah. Uh, we were doing, because usually we're out at the front and... It was better. I think it was better. We had more continuous traffic. Every break, people yeah. walk by. And so when we're out by the front doors, it was uh, not a lot of traffic. And so on that in that inner area, the uh, the inner sanctum. The inner sanctum. <laughs> it was uh, a lot more traffic. A lot more people chatted with us. And, and, uh, and I found that... Uh, well, previously out by the front doors, like people seemed, you know, hesitant to talk. But on the inside, like I saw some people go by three, four, five, six times, right? Yeah. And so by the f- fifth or sixth time, they're like stop dropping comments and making notes and, you know, stuff like this. Like, oh, this is actually, there's more interaction in that area than there was in the outer outer sanctum. Yeah. And the only problem, we were doing some interviews this weekend. Um it does get noisy, but and and the noise <laughs> yes. filters into yes where the the um, we were in a good spot. We weren't near are. any of the doors. Yeah, I know there's a few other people who were noisy and that their voices were carrying, but I don't think it was us. I don't think it was us. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> so two tables down from us was Randy from OTG that's, that's Meals. Was, that's who I wasn't mentioning. <laughs> and, He's loud. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> He's just got that voice, that booming voice. We were worried he was going to be picked up on our microphones when we were interviewing people. Oh, he, he was a couple times, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, before the doors even opened officially. He was being asked. Hey, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was loading his meals onto his table and just as fast as he was loading up his table, yeah, vendors, yes, and 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 early podcasts and hosts, yeah, uh, who shall not be named Derek. <laughs> oh no, they will be named Derek. <laughs> uh, we're busy scooping up the meals before uh, he's the other people came in. So, like I said, it was a primary opportunity. I have. Uh, I have family trips that I have to go on this summer, and I have the big Wabakimi trip. And so, because the Wabakimi trip is fly-in, it is partial white water. We had to. We, we our planning is to pack really light, and so we needed some freeze-dried food. And 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 uh, Randy's meals are fantastic. So 
it uh, it was uh, I I had to take advantage of the fact every time I tried to order online it sold out sold out yeah. sold out sold out so it was you know what I am going to take advantage of this opportunity I'm going to buy a whole bunch of it and see I just did the exact opposite I told him listen we're going to make a list of what we want yeah and leave these meals here so that you can sell them to other people and then I'm just going to send you a list and say I want this 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 and this. He still for my had trips some left summer. at the end of the day. Not much. Not much. Not much. We, well, I shouldn't say we, somebody in our house bought freeze-dried ice creams and pickle oh. chips or crisps or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sliced pickles and he freeze-dries them. They're good. Yeah. That yeah, so we didn't get away totally scot-free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was nice to get out. Um, a bit weird to be in a crowd that large. So I thought it was going to be more weird than it was. I was uh, I, I was surprisingly relaxed with the whole situation because I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm going to be around people all. But day. it was uh, it wasn't as like I was exhausted by the end of the day just because your brain is active and we're doing interviews and so on. But I wasn't worried about the crowds for some reason. I don't. I just I was just rolling with it. Yeah. I guess I was just wearing the the mask all day. That. Was you know yeah. eight a.m. Yeah. till what time yeah. were we out of there? Four o'clock almost. Yeah, yeah four, just after four. I was getting you know the yeah. wrinkles on your hands, dishpan hands. I was getting dishpan face. <laughs> it was just constant <laughs> humidity on my on my face. But uh, now, did you find it was because we've done interviews at shows before where we just have a couple of chairs and you sit down yeah. and interview face to face? Would you prefer that or do you? Because this time we had two stand up mics. Yes. Do you prefer the sit down? I, I like or the stand. stand up. It was it was exhausting because I was on my feet all day. But uh, the I felt more engaged when you're standing there talking to somebody as right. opposed to in a seat or a chair. It really depends. Like some people are more appropriate to, to interview with sitting seated. Others are, you know what I mean. Like in in the dynamic situation it was at the uh, symposium, I think it was more appropriate to. Uh, with the activity and and the crowd streaming by and stuff like that, it just seems appropriate to be standing for that. I think more people were stopping to watch what was going on because they saw two microphones. The microphones there. are set up, yeah, right, yeah. And we got the same reaction at the Quiet Adventure Symposium, yeah. And uh, so it drew a lot of crowds because they and some people thought we're live. Well, no, we're not live. <laughs> podcasts aren't live i guess they could be but anyways we uh it was it was it drew a lot of crowds a lot of attention everybody's like oh you know there's there's mm-hmm. recording equipment here what's going on right yeah so it well and they could hear what was being discussed yeah, too, injury, yeah. which is sort of an added yeah. bonus that yeah. isn't on the um presentation schedule yeah. right we, we've uh recorded live music we've had uh, lots of interviews they're the quite adventurous boys and that's i'm looking forward to that uh, i gotta think that's gonna it, happen next year yeah 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 that'll be good to get down to michigan so, again and mm-hmm. but uh, yeah no it was it was a lot of fun to uh well see everybody and talk and you know get together with a large group of paddlers again it was it was really uh soothing for the soul mm-hmm. because it's uh the, the paddling community is like a family and so it's uh i tell you though like and i said i was going to bring this back up again but uh when when people are walking by and and they're saying hey how's the move going it's like 
who are you and how do you know I'm moving? <laughs> so it was a little bit weird that uh, because I, I I barely tell people at work what's going on in my life and and we just seem to record everything here, no filter attached. Yeah. And uh, so there's uh, I there a lot of people know more about me than I thought, and so it's just kind of it's like ah oh yeah the podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to start dropping little tidbits of information to people. Say okay, go up and ask Derek about this. Yeah. And then they're going to come and ask you about it. Like, what? And you go, I don't remember saying anything about that on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to start making stuff up too. <laughs> but it was uh, kind of soothing for the soul to be able to be in amongst our community again, right? Uh, yeah. In amongst our, our, our friends and so on who, you know, like-minded people, passionate about their sport, passionate about their what they're doing in life. Because so many times and so often you're just in amongst uh, – Co-workers are just members of the public and people don't seem to have a lot of passions these days. But you, when you have paddling community together, there's a lot of passions involved. It's a lot of yep. people are serious about it. And, uh, and as you can see, like a lot of people end up making businesses out of their, out of their passions. And, and you could, uh, that was clearly evident at the, uh, symposium. So it was nice to see all these people gathered and, uh, and kind of interact with them again. It was, uh, yeah. Good for the soul. Yeah, and you know, I mean, people like we haven't seen, I mean, Camper Christina was there. We haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. There was a few people that we thought were going to be there and weren't able to make it uh, this this time, um, just with other things going on. But uh, yeah, it's just nice to, to see people we haven't seen in a while yeah. and, and chit-chat and shoot the breeze and... Yeah, I haven't seen Mike, Mike Burns, Mike and Laurie. Mike Burns, haven't we haven't seen, seen them in a while. while. Yeah. Scott, well, we saw, where do we see? Scott Rogers. Scott Rogers and Martin Garcer. Oh, I guess that's when I, we were camping. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the fall. Oh, yes. We saw, that's, that's the last time we've seen them. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, that was a while back. Yeah. So it's it's nice to be able to just gather again. Mm-hmm. Yay. Whoop-dee-doo. Yeah, that was, <laughs> what, 22 weeks ago that yeah. we saw them last because mm-hmm. they were the 300th episode, right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a long time. So, so the plan for this year's symposium was we were going to set up our booth and uh, record people. So we did, mm-hmm. and there was a there was a really comfortable chair. Oh, yes, yes, it was a really comfy chair. It was a high back library comfy chair where you'd sit down and read a novel, and it was like, hey, yeah, it was. It was uh, who was that guy that used to do the the book the Oh, there's Mr. Rogers and Mr. Dress Up. No, no. Uh, the guy, they did the Cookie Monster did the sort of play on him. Oh, yeah? Alistair something or... I don't know. He would sit in the big thing and says, we're reading a... The Reading Rainbow? Oh, no, no, no. This was like more professional like sort oh. of thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'll figure it out one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a really... So I just sat in that, put the headphones on, yeah. made sure all the levels were good. And, and I stood. And then you stood and did all <laughs> the interviews. This is the first interview, or the first show, I think, where you speak oodles more yeah. than me. Yeah, I'm normally just the color commentary. I just end. said, okay, Derek, you're doing all the interviews today. <laughs> and I just sat down and- And I'm like, what? Who, what? Yeah, I'm doing what? So it was uh, it was a bit to get my brain wrapped around it. But you got the hang of it. Yeah. Once you start doing it, yeah. Once you start doing it, and long ago I've uh, resolved or you know decided that if something's got to be done, just do it. Yep, just do it. Just do it. There's nothing worth being nervous about. So we talked to seven different people. Uh, we're just gonna play them and do a little bit of chit chat between to sort of uh, announce who they are. But uh, the first guy we talked that 
Sorry, we didn't talk to the first guy you talked to. Yeah. Was the almighty originator of the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, Mr. David Bain. And I thought it was kind of funny and interesting at the same time because he came out to say, could you guys keep it down? Hey, Dave, can we interview? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should have ended that segment with, okay, now, now shut up and keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> while you're shushing us, David, we're going to need to interview you. Yeah, while you're shushing us. Can you shush us on, on, on air? Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> so here is your interview with David Bain. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is uh, David Bain, as uh, we're chatting with now. Uh, so this is what number symposium is? This is tenth annual. The tenth annual. Tenth annual. With a few missed years in between. One, one missed year. One yeah. missed year. One. And we did a virtual one. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, and then skipped last year. But yeah, this yes, is our tenth. Yes. So it must be nice to be able to physically get back and do this again. It is, um, it's great to see half of so many familiar faces, talk half. <laughs> half, yeah, yeah. Um, it, a little bit intimidating. I don't think any of us have been in a crowd like this True, this is the first years. time since around uh, February, March of 2020 yeah. that I've uh, been around this many people at once. Yeah, I, um, the only thing I can think of that would come close is I went and saw Batman at the th- theater about a month ago, and oh, I was okay. the only person in the audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next to that, this is the largest group I've been yeah. in in two years. So, and I retired prior to the COVID hitting. So, yes, I was going to ask. About so, that. I mean, I I wasn't in crowds even before COVID. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a big change. I'm glad to see it come up. What are the off. possibilities of the winter symposium happening? I, you know, it's going to happen. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think. If COVID is in the same shape or better yeah. that we're in right now, sure, I think we can do it. If if we had, you know, if the cases rise again or something else comes along, nah, you never know. But I, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. exactly, yeah. So, it, but it is nice to actually physically be able to go to something like this again, backcountry crew symposium. Is it's a it's always a good time for seeing you know lots of the people. Yeah. Like it's it's like family coming together because it's all like-minded people passionate about their pursuits yeah so it's it's a great time and opportunity to to see it all again and and kind of familiarize yourself with uh, with what people are doing out there so it's very exciting that we get to do this again so it uh, it must have been weird to uh, kind of have this little mini break you went online for one year and then gone there so it's uh, kind of almost a breath of fresh air even though we're a little nervous about being i think so Yeah. yeah Yeah, and I, I think the the reason we didn't do a second online one is really this show is very much about the people and the networking and exactly. the talking about trips and, yeah. hey, I've been there and, gee, we're going there and, you know, oh, you've been there, tell me about it. And, I mean, that doesn't happen when you yeah. do virtual. You, you hear the speakers, but you don't get to interact with the other people. And exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So what do you see, what's the future? Like, you, now that you're retired, you have lots more time for stuff like this. You, you should be able to get about five or six of these events going a year. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's interesting, you know. It's. Um, I think a lot of, well, you, you folks would, I'm sure, uh, relate to this. I mean, it's challenging to ask people and get commitments from people to speak. Some people don't want to speak in front of a crowd. They would do yes. your show 
Yeah. Because they're speaking into a microphone. Well, yeah, it's almost like just one-on-one. It's yeah, quiet, one-on-one. Intimate, it's a conversation. Whereas up on that stage, it's... Yes. Uh, so there's that challenge. There's the challenge of not wanting to repeat yourself. So once yes. you've done it 10 years, and we used to have more speakers in the day. Now we give each speaker a little bit longer, but we used to have six, uh, and then one year we went back to five. But, you know, it, they would get half an hour, uh, and you'd have six. And you burn through a lot of speakers at yes. that rate. Yeah. And so people would come once, they'd come twice, and then you'd feel like, gee, I don't want to take advantage of them, and, you know, they have to drive a long way, and this is really nice of them to come and do it, but I don't want to be, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, taking exactly. advantage yeah. of them, right? Yeah. And, and so uh, there is always that challenge to find speakers, Yes, I can and, imagine. And f- fresh, e- either fresh speakers or speakers that you've had that are, are talking about something new and different. Exactly. So I, we've been very lucky. I mean, we've had both brand new speakers over the years. Uh, so many people kind of got their start at this show. Um, and it was their first opportunity to speak. And then they've gone on and done it sort of on a more frequent basis. Or we've had people who are established speakers who are just kind enough to insert us in their speaking schedule and make us part of their thing. So, I mean, we've had a nice mix of both. And so we're really lucky that way. Mm -hmm. But, again, it's it's one of the big challenges. If you're going to do a winter camping symposium in November... Right away, you have to start talking <laughs> to people about, are you willing to come start and speak? Start now, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and, the they're, and they're like, well, I don't know if I can commit, and which is totally yeah. understandable. And, uh, you know, with COVID, nobody's really sure what's going on. And so, you know, it, it, that's one of the biggest challenges with the show is, is just trying to present a, a varied and interesting show that reaches a wide sort of um, audience and and the interests of the audience so you don't want to have all one type of thing or all some other type of thing you want to make sure that you've uh, if you do winter camping you you know you can do uh, car camping which is a winter camping thing all and of itself and there's a huge culture of that at mew lake and in algonquin and at mcgregor point and then there's the backcountry hot tending and there's so then you've got to think okay how which audience are we reaching out to are we going to try and reach all those people and you know, it's a little bit like the DJ at a, a wedding uh, <laughs> yeah. at the reception. Yeah. You know, you got to play the music for the the yeah. pl- sixty plus crowd. <laughs> you got to play something for the twenties, and, yeah. and you know, you got to yeah. try and keep everybody happy. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's fun. So now this being the tenth anniversary, tenth. just yeah. some for those listening who are unfamiliar with how this all came about. What can you tell us about the the gem of the idea that started this all to actually have people stand on on a stage and and discuss outdoor events and pursuits? Yeah, I I look back sometimes and I wonder at the balls it took <laughs> to you know to think that I could run something. I was invited to speak at the Wilderness Canoe Symposium in Toronto. Okay. I gave a very serious, very intellectual talk about the impact that technology was having on canoe tripping, and I'm sure everybody was just bored (laughs) to death, but, you know, that was what I was into at the time. And then I got thinking, you know, um, the people at Wilderness Canoe, they really aim for north of the tree line. That's their thing, right? Yeah. And so I thought, you know, there's got to be room for a, what I guess you could call southern Ontario or 
South Central Ontario focus with Algonquin and Killarney, and there's so much to talk about just there. Yeah. And so that kind of was the genesis of it, um, is can we, is there room for more than one exactly. symposium? Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's worked out. It has, yeah, it's been very popular. So it's, uh, I'm glad we have the opportunity to do this again, and uh, thanks for joining us. So if there's any last words you want uh, for uh, the listeners or for future potential? You know, it, it's, it's interesting how every year that we put this on, or twice a year, how many new audience members we have. Oh, yes. You know, and I, occasionally over the years I've asked for people to raise their hand and say, you know, have you been here before? Are you new? And uh, the turnover is quite large. Okay. And that's interesting yeah. to me that, you know, we, we seem to continually attract new a new audience. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm excited by that. I think that's uh, great. And yet, looking out into the audience, you start to see <laughs> some of the same people sit in the same chairs each time. You <laughs> exactly. Know? It's like I'm sure Bruce Springsteen, when he, you know, he recognizes the people yeah. in the front row because they yeah. go to all his concerts. Yeah, right? exactly. So, you know, it's good to have that kind of loyalty in mm-hmm. your in your. Uh, audience and then to also have the the new folks coming out exactly it's always very exciting very good very good well thank you david for joining us for this quick interview and uh i'll let you get back to your emceeing duties get back to work get back to work yes (laughs) thanks guys okay thank you so it was nice to hear that david was happy everybody was back and Mm -hmm. that uh, things were going as he expected and, and hoped swimmingly they were going absolutely swimmingly. And I mean, after being off for, you know, missing a year and then doing one year virtual. Yeah. First year you know, virtual, second year canceled. Yeah. You know, and then not knowing what will happen when you come back. It was nice that everything mm-hmm. was and put together so fast. Put together so fast yeah. and uh, put uh, a nice little cap on the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Awesome. So after we talked to David, uh, Scott Robinson, man camping. Mm-hmm. He had sent me a message saying, you've got to talk to my friend, Ashley, Ashley McGinnis. She's uh, with this foundation called Portage, uh, Portage, uh, I think it's Portage, Ontario. Um, everything just, everything says Portage. And you got to talk to her about the foundation and, the, and what they're doing. And they're doing a fundraising and competition things and uh, competition isn't the right word. No, it's a challenge. Get in, challenge. challenge. Yeah, get involved. It's like the canoe flip challenge, this, that, that yeah. thing. So, yeah. So, um, you got to talk to Ashley. And I said, okay, you know what? We're going to get some time. And then when I'm looking, realized she was at the canoe symposium, or she was going to be. <laughs> so, we went and, uh, what's the matter? Will whiskey getting too much for you there? It burns. <laughs> <laughs> it's the good stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I went down right off the bat and introduced myself and said we need to do a little <coughs> chit chat with her and. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good whiskey. Was that the Delmore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we went down, we got Ashley to come over and, uh, you had a little chit chat with her about Portage and, uh, what they're up to. So this is your little talk with, uh, Ashley McGinnis. I have with me Ashley McGinnis, who is the Associate Director of Development at Portage, Ontario. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. 
So what can you tell me about Portage? What can you tell me about your organization? So Portage Ontario is a Canadian non-for-profit organization that has been around for 36 years. So we've got 17 centres, one in Atlantic Canada, 15 in Quebec, and one here uh, currently in Ontario. We work with adolescents between the ages of 14 and 18 years of age across Ontario that are suffering from mental health and substance use disorder. So our residents, um, our youth come to our centre for up to six months of care where they overcome their addictions to live healthy, happy and productive lives and then we provide 18 months of aftercare afterwards when they um, are put back or go back into their home communities. Okay, yep. yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. So how many years have you said you've been in, in service? So we've been around for 36 years. 36 years, wow. So you've you've so how long have you, have you been with the organization? So I've been with Portage Ontario just over two years now. Okay, nice. And so if this is the like we've talked to uh, 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 Kevin about this before. He does sort of the sort of the same thing. Uh, so you, I think you're working with Kevin through Explore Mag to do also some more promotion for your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So Kevin has worked on, um, it was the canoe challenge, the flip challenge that they did in the last oh, few yes. years around um, helping youth. And so this year, uh, Portage Ontario it has created an event called the Great Portage. So the event will be ran in July and August. And the idea is to take Portage with you while you're in the back country. So we're hoping that our participants will challenge themselves uh, to one or all of our challenges. So our challenges include the longest portage, the number of portages, the number of Ontario parks visited, as well as a family scavenger hunt. So with your participation, we're hoping to create awareness for youth suffering from mental health and substance use dependencies um, and, and a chance for you to also win some great prizes. Well, that sounds pretty amazing. It's uh, it's it's quite the organization. It's it's, um, it's nice that you can have the kids go out and experience the outdoors. It's uh, it's one thing that you know inner city youth and youth who get into trouble like this they don't normally have access to this type of thing, and so it's that clean, healthy outdoor, and you're kind of you're you're outside of the normal influences that uh, can affect youth in uh, when they get into issues like this so i think this is a great thing that uh, and we've like i said we've talked to kevin callan about this a few times and so it's uh so for your organization like other than the canoe challenges or anything that you guys uh, are working towards to draw more interest and support for your organization yeah so we run several events each year this year is the first year for the great portage but we also have our freedom from addiction golf classic as well as an event that's going to be celebrating for its fifth year pedal for portage okay. uh, which is a cycling event that takes place uh, throughout allura and fergus in september yep. and we are really excited to be back in person with our riders for that event as well so all the proceeds are to go towards our program and create more opportunities for youth who are suffering to overcome these challenges. That's amazing. This is an amazing program. It's nice to hear that uh, this type of thing is available. And I, me being a bit innocent on the innocent side of it, I'm surprised to hear the age range that kids are affected, like 14 and up. It's, it kind of surprises me, but uh, it's really there's there's so many factors in life that people get into trouble like this. So 
it's uh i thank you for running this program and being part of it oh thank you so much um you know what we are all very passionate about continuing to help our youth they are a future and addiction doesn't discriminate against anybody so we want to provide our youth with the right tools in their toolbox to overcome these challenges and we're you know we're hoping that everybody will get on board with us and uh, participate here so thank you so much um for bringing awareness and attention to portage ontario and the great portage okay uh so for yeah so what about contact info what can you provide us for contact info so that people can get a hold of you to support your organization yeah, absolutely. So um, to find more about The Great Portage, you can visit thegreatportage.ca um, or definitely, uh, you know, if you're looking for more information in terms of the services and administration process that takes place, uh, we can be reached at uh, 519-846-0945. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll get back to the symposium, and uh, we'll chat more about this later. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I hope uh, things go well, and uh, this Portage uh, Challenge works out well and uh, is, is a success, that's for sure. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Ashley yeah. was a really nice person to talk to Absolutely. as well. So. Yeah. Now, after we were done with Ashley, you started doing a little bit of roaming, I did. I did. Do. Well, you know, I, I, I was missing out on some of the talks, and uh, but I wasn't going to miss out on the booths. So now my conversation with a couple of people were was that I am going to be getting into trouble from your wife, <laughs> and <Yeah>. it was <laughs> well, she's not here, and I go no, but every time Derek and I go out somewhere, Derek seems to buy stuff. And that little voice that's in his head saying, don't buy it, (laughs) is at home watching the kids. But it's okay, Sean. You're not my babysitter. And I'm not that guy. (laughs) (laughs) So you went over and had a little chit chat with uh, Ingo Ingo, uh, from KID, K-I-H-D. Stoves. I've always admired their their stuff, and it's a, it's a fascinating story where they come from and how they've became to be. And, but it's um, they, <laughs> he almost got me to buy a stick stove too. But uh, what I did buy is a reflector oven. Hmm. <laughs> did you get in trouble for it? No, but she was questioning me why I need two of them. I said, "Well, this one's so much larger; you can go roast in it." <laughs> Somebody had better make a turkey in it to come <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. Well, I don't think it'll do a turkey, but maybe a, a uh, Cornish, Cornish hen. It'll do a, if it'll do a roast, it'll yeah. do a chicken. <laughs> you got to be doing a chicken with potatoes and everything <laughs> maybe. else. Maybe. Yeah, That's a good idea. See, see I did my, I used my twig stove to do veggies, and then I had my Dutch oven doing a chicken in my backyard. And I had my neighbors looking over the fence going, what the hell are you doing over there? Because <laughs> I had our chimenea. I was making yeah. coals in yeah. the chimenea yeah. so that I could put on my, my other little makeshift fire <laughs> place with the Dutch oven. Yeah. And then beside that, I had the twig stove going, and Tracy's feeding the twig stove. And, oh, my <laughs> God, that's a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they definitely have a, a lot of nice equipment there mm-hmm. that uh, you just want to buy and a lightweight like you get the cold rolled 
steel, which is heavy, and then yeah. they got their titanium stuff, which is nice. Yeah, so the cold rolled steel is the cheapest version. Then there's the stainless. Stainless and the cold rolled steel is both the same weight. And then you get like, it's like one-fifth or one-sixth of the weight when you go to the titanium. It's mm-hmm. a nice light stove. Nice design, too. Yeah. Little doors that pop off and, and the way they come apart and go together so easily, it's a really good design. Like They've really put they've put the uh, their homework into this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. They've been around for a few years now, too. So mm-hmm. we see them everywhere. So Yeah. So here's your little uh, sit down with uh, Ingo from uh, Kid Stoves and uh, what he had to say. So we're here with uh, Ingo Hetzer with uh, Kid Products. So uh, now we've uh, we've seen you every year here at the uh, Canoe Symposium and other events. Tell us about Kid Products and your organization. I th- believe there's uh, five friends who... Uh, no, there's four. Four friends? Yes. Oh, yeah, K-H-D. Yeah, uh, K-I-H-D, yeah. Stands yes. for the first initials of the, uh, the names. Yeah. Yes, the first Keith, initials. Keith, Helga, and Denis. Okay. I'm, I'm Ingo. Yes. So tell us about your uh, tell us about your your products. What items you have? Yeah, kit products. So basically, we started out with uh, stick stoves, twig stoves. Uh, we're four guys going camping for the last thirty years, and uh, we found there was a need for uh, Canadian-made stick stoves. So we put our heads together and uh, we built some kit stoves, some twig stoves. Yeah. And um, everybody liked the product, so we decided well. Uh, maybe we should go into business and that's how it all started about five years ago and uh, we of course expanded our our products a a little bit since then we also built um, reflector ovens now uh, aluminium reflector ovens okay and uh, the stick stoves now come in uh, three different materials um, titanium, stainless steel, and cold rolled steel. Okay. Um, cold rolled for a better price point. Yeah. Right. So it's just you have to be careful to keep it not to keep it dry and the cold and so rolled on. one. Yeah. After use, you you want to oil it down a little bit, right? Yeah. When you store it for the winter, um, it will rust a little bit. But heck, it's a stove. You know, you build a fire in it, and then it'll. It'll burn the rust off. So you guys designed all of your your stoves and your reflector ovens. Yeah. So where do you have them manufactured at? Are they in the they GTA? Yeah. So the stick stoves and the reflector ovens are manufactured. We have a company in um, uh, that we under license makes them make them for us. Oh, okay. And it's in Grimsby, Ontario. Ah. And uh, yeah, we gave them the drawings, everything, and um, we call them up and they make them to our specs, to our drawings. And um, yeah, we go and pick them up and then we do the final touches. There's a few things to do, some bending to be done, some packaging and so on. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's all made in Canada. Yeah. yeah so locally designed, locally made, all Canadian products. That's Absolutely, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you have uh, twig stoves. So why why twig stoves? Why would we? Why do, why do people want to use twig stoves? Well. Stick stoves is one of those things. Of course, if you want it easy, you take a gas or, or a, a NAFTA uh, stove, right? Yeah. And that's very simple. But it is also heavier. So we do go on, on a lot of portages, longer portages, um, and we found weight is everything. So we decided that, um, you know, taking your Coleman stove or your, your fuel bottles, that kind of stuff, wasn't cutting it anymore. And we decided, well, stick stoves is the way to go. We don't need fuel. Fuel is everywhere on the floor, uh, in the forest, right? Exactly, yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, it takes a little bit getting used to it. Um, you can't run around away from the stove. You have to attend to stove. Yeah. Um, but it's very efficient and it goes very quick once you get the hang of it. 
and um, reflector ovens, of course. We like our food. We do pizzas and cinnamon buns, and we actually did a roast uh, last year up in Tomogamy. Uh, a roast? Had a roast, yeah. Wow. Put a, yeah, put a uh, roast in, in one of those uh, Mylar bags and put it in the pan, and a four-pound roast was done in two and a half hours. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That must have been some good eating. Uh, yeah, we eat better in the forest than at home. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. What other gear do you have other than the you have twig stoves? Yeah, so these products, br- these products, uh, the stick stove and the reflector ovens are made in Canada. Now, yeah. we do carry other products, and they are made somewhere else in the world. Uh, you know, uh, titanium pots. We have a couple of sizes of titanium pots. Uh, we have uh, strikers, uh, wooden-handled uh, fire strikers that are very, very good. We have uh, pocket bellows, those little metal yes. tubes. Uh, yep. You know, they're a big hit, and, and they're very, very good, very efficient. And um, we sell um, little accessories for the stoves as well. We have a little ash pan for the reflector oven yep. and um, a toaster attachment, so you can do your toasts oh, in the morning yeah. on, a, on a, a Twig stove. Yeah. So... One of the things that I always have difficulty with when I'm in the backcountry and i cooking over fire and stuff is the blackening of the pots. What kind of trick do you have to keep your pots from not getting all your other gear all sooty and dirty, or you just ignore it? Isn't that a great patina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, you put a little bit of the uh, um, soap on it first, yep. you know, your suds. Rub that in there and, um, and do your cooking, and, um, you know, afterwards when you, when you go get some some water from the lake and start yeah. washing it comes actually off quite easy um just kind of a pre-coat of soap just to yeah. keep the smoke from sticking yeah, that's right yeah. okay and that works really well and then of course we have a couple of you know little plastic bags and uh, we, we slide them in there yeah exactly. we're not always you know or a um, canvas sleeve or something yeah, any, anything we'll yeah. just slide them in there and, and that's it right you know um you know pine needles and and a little bit of uh, gravel works as well you know Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sand yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So no, we don't. You know, we don't. We don't. Um, yeah, we're not the cleanest when we're out there in the forest. I mean, yeah, it, you know, get dirty anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the stove gets dirty, and even the stoves, they, they, they are, um, stick stoves. You know, we clean them once in a while um, with sand and gravel. Yep. Yeah, right on. So, is there, what else can you say about your products, or maybe some contact info for people who might want to well, reach out to you? The stoves are great. <laughs> Everybody should have one. Yeah. You can use it for, of course, your, your backcountry camping um, as an emergency stove. Uh, some cottagers bought it because they, when they sit by the dock, um, they don't want to run in the cottage all the time oh. and, and get their coffee. They just have a little uh, little um, uh. coffee dart right by the dock, yeah. and um, kids love it. They do marshmallows on it. Exactly. And uh, so there's lots of different uses for, for, for stove survival. Uh, preppers, of yeah. course, um, you know, in case doomsday comes, right? Exactly. And um, yeah, so that's what uh, what they're there for, and and we love them. And contact well, we're online, of course. Uh, we have a um, a website, kitproducts.com, and there's a shopping attached to it. And we have uh, different retailers uh, in the in the neighborhood as well. Uh, Algonquin Outfitters, Fontenac Outfitters, Tomogamy oh, yeah, Outfitters. Yeah. Yeah. They carry our products. Um, outdoor-oriented and done in St. Catharines. Yeah, yeah. independent oh, right stores. Yeah, yeah, so it's absolutely. not just online. You have store, you have uh, we, yes, your we physical have, presence, we too, ho- in stores. We wholesale the, the, the products as well, all of the products. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. So just look in your favorite store, and uh, you might see it. You might see it there. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this interview. Appreciate it very much, and uh, we'll get back to the symposium. Thank you very much. Okay, thank have you. Have a great day. Take care.
So are you going to go buy a twig stove now? <laughs> you better not. Ingo had me so close to buying one, and so he said he's going to he's going to spin me off a really good deal. And and it's like if he had come at me with a deal, I probably would have bought one. <laughs> you know, Siobhan listens to the show, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, after we talked to Ingo, the booth right next to ours was our buddy, Glenn Peterson. Yes. Now, back in 2013, I was asked to go to Woodland Caribou on a, uh, big canoe trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, went into my boss's office and said, hey, pal, friend of mine, great guy. <laughs> Kids played hockey together and all. I do my job and do it well. Can I have a month off? <laughs> <laughs> was it that long of a trip? Well, no, because I had to come back and at least spend a few days with my family yeah, yeah. <laughs> for holidays, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was up that way three weeks and did one week with my family uh-huh. for holidays. So everybody was okay with that. So, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Glenn got bit by the woodland caribou bug and he's been yes. back many times and started uh doing some map stuff and uh now he's got his my woodland journeys and it's the uh canoe route map uh planning uh map for what is it canoe route planning map for woodland caribou provincial park and surrounding area and it's, it's a cool. It's a there's a lot of information on the map. It shows like burn areas where there's been burns over the last you know decade or more, and uh, the the fonts and the and the the lake names and the details and the roots and it's like it's a it's not just a root planner. It's a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful map. And I got myself one. That I'm gonna hang. I on did too. <laughs> yeah. And did you see Rolly Lake on there? I did. I saw ah, Hoodie Lake ah, as well. And Hoodie Lake, <laughs> where I lost my favorite hoodie yeah. <laughs> while taking a poop. <laughs> True story. Yeah. <laughs> so here's your little chit-chat with uh, Glenn Peterson. Joining me now at the uh, Backcountry Canoe Symposium is Glenn Peterson of My Woodland Journeys. So now, Glenn, you have created and done a lot of research and created a... Uh, a woodland caribou map. Yeah, almost looks like an interpretive map in some places. Uh, so it's, you know, it's been it's been a work in progress. Yeah, you know, six years, seven years in the making now. Um, got there first time in 2013. Did a fly-in trip. You know, the old bucket list trip. Yeah, um, coming from southern Ontario. You know, it's it's 2,000 kilometers, 20 hours. You know, it's it's basically two days to drive up. And it's two the days longest to drive part back. sometimes of some trips is just getting there. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it's not the fun part. <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, you know, the, the drive uh, coming across to St. Marie into Thunder Bay, a top end of uh, Lake Superior, is amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, part of the trip is, is that drive up as well. You know, it's, a, it's really, truly awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell me about... So tell me about the map and how the map got started on this new in this on this first trip in 2013. So 2013, uh, our route got a little bit changed. I don't know if Sean remembers. Sean was actually on the trip that year, and he uh, actually presented the trip at the symposium. He did. That's right. About the next eight year, years ago, yeah, in 2014. Yeah, the yeah. year after we went. So, woo, good for him. <laughs> uh, but we got uh, a little sidetracked. We went north from Dunstan. We were supposed to go east. I don't know if he even remembers that, but uh, we didn't have the maps for that area of the oh. park, <laughs> so we didn't know where any campsites were. So we were lost when we got to a particular lake called Laris Lake. But uh, man, the campsite that we found on that lake was insane. 
and uh, you know, I just kind of fell in love with the park from there, and okay. didn't, didn't get back in 2014, but uh, 2015, I got back in with another group of, of uh, guys, and uh, you know, it just the same kind of issue with uh, the topographic maps just don't show really a lot of detail, and, and the park map doesn't even have the campsites on oh, it. Oh wow! The official park huh. map doesn't have yeah. campsites on it, so. After that, I thought, well, we've got to do something with this. So I started marking up all the topographic maps for the whole park and uh, just doing them myself as a, as a PDF and, and uh, modifying them with the campsites. And, and I started adding more information like boat caches and fishing lodges and, and everything else, you know, waterfalls and stuff like that. And it just kind of turned into an amalgamation of all those topographic maps turned into the map that I've created now. So here we are, you know, six, seven years later, and uh, <laughs> I think it looks pretty good. And so it's, you it's been a labor of love. Yeah, so originally it was started for you yourself, and then it became a product that... Yeah, you know, it was never really anything that I... It was, you know, a side project, you know. This yeah. is, it's a, you know, I'm a small startup little company, if you will. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just kind of spreading, spreading the word because I didn't find a lot of people here in southern Ontario knew about the park at all. Yeah. And I just, by chance, happened to know someone who had been up there a couple of times and uh, got introduced. And uh, I'm just trying to spread the love. I mean, it's beautiful yeah. boreal forest. You don't see that kind of uh, stuff going through Killarney or, or Algonquin. Uh, there's no real fire suppression up there, so yes, and there's been a lot, a lot of, of fires. That. There's been a lot of fires. Last year was, uh, in a word, insane. Oh yeah, uh, very very dry, and over four hundred thousand hectares got burned. Four hundred thousand. Yeah, it's a wow. huge area. It's a huge area, and that went right up to the border of uh, Manitoba, right? Yeah, right into Manitoba. Uh, one of them even started in Manitoba, so it's. Uh, it doesn't look good, but, yeah. uh, you know, well, the one thing unique about this map is the fact that it has that fire history on it. So it's got 10 years of forest fire history on it. Um, very unique to any other canoe routes map you're going to find out there. Um, so it can be, I guess, a little depressing, especially all the markups <laughs> that I've put on the exactly, map yeah. since last summer. But there's still a lot of great areas, and, and it's, it's unique in the fact that you can paddle through some of it. You don't necessarily have to camp in it. So you can you can paddle through and, and experience all of that, and and seeing the regrowth is amazing because it just comes back so fast. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you must have paddled through some of, some of these burnt areas for so sure. It's, yeah, uh, all of the bigger trees are gone. So would, like what birch is the first thing back type thing, or what's first back? Yeah, first back you're you're going to get uh, fireweed back. Okay, which is it's a flower. Honestly, you know yeah. you're going to see a lot of just sticks of trees that are black. Yeah. And I wouldn't actually touch them because you're going to get that ash all you're over your hands, all over yeah, your pack, exactly. all yeah. over everything. It's, yeah. uh, it's a bit of a mess, but uh, it takes takes time for the trees to come back for sure. But mm-hmm. you're going to get a ton of blueberries, raspberries, and you're going to get the fireweed and, and all kinds of flowering plants. It's just, it's really quite beautiful. Yeah. It's good fishing in there? Oh my gosh. Yeah? It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pike in every single lake. I mean, okay. it, there's no effort to f- catch a pike, but there's a ton of lake trout. Lots of walleye in that park. So nice. If you like solitude and you like fishing, this is the place to go for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now I see that you complained about uh, the tr- the park map doesn't have a lot of campsites indicated, but I see on yours that you've indicated campsites and portages if they exist and, and everything. So on. Yeah, everything. So that was yours is a true trip planning map. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's, it's it's more than more the what you're used to from yeah. an Algonquin park map. Okay, exactly. Yeah. You know, in that regard. 
I'm not sure why they haven't put the campsites in there, but I think it has to do... They, they don't have uh, specific campsites that you're required to camp at. Oh, not okay. quite yet. They're yeah. still working on that. It's, I think it's maybe a year or two away. But they wanted to get that all documented, and uh, it's it's very difficult with the forest fires that come through there so frequently that, you know, the next year that campsite is burned out, and then they have to take it off the list. Okay, so yeah. it comes and goes. Hard to keep track. It is absolutely yeah. hard to keep track, and they've only got so many resources. They've only got one park warden and then a couple of people that come in and, hmm. and check a certain area through, through the year. Um, and what you're finding is... Um, you know, they do have a set uh, a list of campsites, and they're trying to maintain that. Um, my map actually shows a bunch of other emergency campsites. I put those in quotes, so ah. you can't see me doing that. But yeah. that's those campsites are there. They're not guaranteed to be there, but they yeah. could be backup if you need them as a backup. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they're not requiring you to, to camp at those campsites. So you can, I mean, if you're windbound on a lake... Just, just camp anywhere. Create a, you can create a site. Yeah, you can create a site. Well, create a site. That's that's fine. You know, they don't want you to come in and clear a huge yeah, area and have this massive fire area. and everything yeah. else, right? Of course, you want to have a fire on bedrock. Yes, right. So those ones are set up, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's an amazing map. I, w- I spent some time looking at it today, and and I could see where the the uh, the fire. The, there's the history of the forest fires and everything. It's mm-hmm. and it's it's a great resource for trip planning for either indicating potential campsites or portages and yeah. and uh, so yeah, it's uh, I think it's a great tri- uh, trip planning map considering what's existing out there already, right? Yeah, so. thanks. It's, it's just available as a wall map. Yeah, from my website mywoodlandjourneys.com. Uh, it's available as a free download on the on the website as well. Okay. So it'll give you a chance to kind of zoom in see see what's yeah. going on and uh see if it's something that uh, you want to put up in your wall at home yeah it's a fantastic wall map yeah. it's uh it's 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 artwork it looks Thank it's you. an amazing that's, that's nice piece of to art. say yeah i yeah. appreciate that yeah. yeah like i said it's been a labor of love yeah. you know all these years and uh you know it's uh, it's been a side project and i'm just trying to you know get more people from southern ontario <laughs> kind of <laughs> exactly. make visit. their way up and exactly. uh, it's yeah. a hard sell with a with not only the price of gas but of course uh you know it's a long drive right exactly so it's a long distance long i understand journey. yeah excellent but i you know i try and get up there i just go once a year i okay. mean if i lived closer for sure i'd be going oh, up more than once yeah. a year but yeah. you know you do you you're not going to get people going in there for just a weekend right it's yeah. too far to drive but oh exactly yeah yeah, yeah. you get some locals that actually will go in for just a weekend but um, people from down here, a lot of U.S. Uh, paddlers come up as oh, well. Okay, yeah, they'll they'll yeah. come in for a week or two or three or even for a month yeah. or more. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. Beauty. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Derek. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. 
Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. So joining us today is uh, Randy Newell of OTG Meals, On The Go Meals. So Randy, tell me a little bit about uh, your freeze-dried food company. Well, my company is uh, locally based out of Kitchener-Waterloo. Uh, we source a lot of our stuff from the farmer's market uh, in St. Jacob's. Uh, we have a few vendors that we deal with that supply us our pasta and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's mostly about us, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, so you've been you've been in service. Your your company's been around for what three, four, five years? How long? Three years. Three um, years. We've been open for about two. The first year was just uh, trying to figure everything out, get a spot in a location, try to get feedback from people, sending out samples and stuff like that, yeah, and yeah. just trying to get feedback for what people like and that kind of stuff. So about yeah, about a year and a half, so we've been open to the public. Yeah. Okay. I remember uh, oh, two, what was it? it? Would have been 2019 when I did the meanest link. You you sponsored my team. Yep. For Venus Link, so it was, uh, and right from uh, from the get go, it was like it's a uh, it's a different meal. Like you, uh, I'm used to the freeze dried meals and stuff like that you get from you know MEC and so on, but this is different. These are different. These are like you you are a trained chef. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So I went to culinary school uh, in 2014. Um, prior to that, I was already in the culinary field for about 10 years, uh, managing local restaurants around Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge. Um, and when I was done my culinary school, I actually ended up winning an award and then got to go to Toronto and train with, with Sue Sir Lee, wow. uh, which is where I did my apprenticeship. And then I came back and worked at Langdon Hall for a bit as well. Okay. Yeah. And so how would you transition from that into freeze-dried meals? Well, it's kind of a funny story. So I was running a retirement home. I had been there for about eight years. And they decided to do a big corporate shift and laid about 14 of us chefs oh. off. Um, and they wanted to kind of do a... a to standardize their entire recipe. Each home used to have their own way of creating whatever they wanted. They wanted to standardize it, so they let all of us go, hired a bunch of other chefs a lot cheaper. So I was able to take the money that I was paid out, and I went on a three-week trip back into the backcountry to kind of you know relax and find myself and figure okay. out what was going yeah. on. And that's how this all snowballed. Is yeah. I was in the backcountry, and I did not enjoy the freeze-dried food I was having. So I decided to uh, just research and figure out how I could do my own, and it all just came from that okay so so you uh you bought your first uh freeze dryer yeah now I've, i'm used to dehydrating food so with freeze drying you really preserve the quality taste flavors of food right absolutely so the the, the main difference between dehydrating and freeze drying is when you dehydrate you're removing the moisture through heat um rather than through uh, like a, a vacuum pole. Okay. So when you're dehydrating, you're re- releasing the moisture, which is going to release the nutrients as well. As if we're freeze drying, is you're freezing it at like minus 86, and then you're gradually heating it up. And as it heats up, it expands inside the machine, and the machine vacuums out that heat. Wow. And it keeps doing that gradually over and over and over again until it doesn't expand, and the machine can tell because as it heats it up, it doesn't expand the pressure in the machine, which means that there's no more moisture left in the food. Oh, okay. So then it switches it over to a final dehydration so the difference is with freeze-dried food, you have about 98% of your nutrients still within your food. Freeze-drying, you go down to about 84%. Oh, okay. So you'll yeah, actually yeah. lose a, a good significant amount of the nutrients in the food mm-hmm. by yeah. going dehydration. Yeah. So now you've, uh, like, since, I've, since I learned about you and since we, a lot of people have learned about you, you started with uh, one freeze-dryer, and I think you've upgraded recently to a larger facility and more machines, correct? That is 100% correct. So um, we started out just as a... Uh, 
so when I first started, I converted my basement into a commercial kitchen. So okay. it, it took about eight months for me to do that, to get all the regulations, to get all the permits, to have oh. all the inspections, yeah. the health inspector, the fire department, all that kind of stuff. And then um, I, cause I, was, I wasn't sure how this was really going to go. So it was kind of just, a, um, just, just, just to see how it went. And within a couple of months, I needed a second machine. I was getting, <laughs> getting the demands. So I brought in a second machine, and now I've got, I'm about to get a third machine. I've upgraded my pumps, so now I'm not using oil. I'm using oilless pumps. So even better on the environment. So exactly. it's step by step. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like every time I try to go on to buy something from on uh, on your website and stuff, you're always sold out. So you're you're very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't want to overly expand. I'm, that's not my no, not too that's soon. Not, that, and, yeah. and like that's not my end game either. I I enjoy being a smaller person and a, and a smaller distributor i guess you could say yeah, yeah. and i'd rather just just work my hours that i like and not i'm not here to globalize anything or take over or anything like that it's just uh yeah i, I like staying small i like staying local and i like having a, a clientele that i can relate with and so you can, do buy product locally so a lot, a lot of your stuff you're you're shopping locally and you're, all, you're sourcing your all of my food is sourced locally the majority of my meat uh either comes from southern pride poultry or it comes, which is based out of, uh, I believe, Brantford. Um, and they're at the uh, Kitchener Farmer's Market. And okay. then the same thing with my beef. I also source at the Kitchener Farmer's Market as right. well. And then, yeah, I just go from that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now, you have a, a tip, you have a lineup of foods. I see today you have uh, a few new ones that I hadn't seen before, like butter chicken and so on. And uh, so you're expanding your line, but uh, you also do custom jobs. Is that correct? That is correct. So if there's something that we don't make uh, that you want to try, um, we'll gladly make it. No extra charge, no upcharge, nothing like that. Um, just as long as it's not something that nobody else is going to eat because uh, we essentially make batches about 50. So every meal we make makes about 50 batches. Sorry, makes about 50 bags. So even if you only want five, six bags of it, we'll still make a full batch of it. And then we'll just sell the rest on our on our online store Okay, right on. um, as an overstock or what, yeah. whatever and we'll just go from that from, from there do you get a lot of custom meal requests uh we do so we have a lot for either vegan or for keto oh, um, yeah, yeah. and then dairy free has been a big one and then lately there's been a couple that have certain allergies um that they can't just find so we'll do small batch stuff like that for oh, right on well. yep. right on that's amazing yeah so now so for ordering your product uh like how does that go like you have a you have your own website right yeah we have otgmeals.ca uh, um, so you can go on there. You can check out any of our meals. Um, if we don't have anything available, you can always shoot me a message and let me know kind of what you want. And when I do have it available, I will give you the heads up and let you right know on. when it is available. Yeah. I don't take any prepayments or anything like that. Um, it's I just, just, just give me the heads up what you want, and I'll try and get it ready for you as fast as cool. I can. Cool. Right on. So uh, for anybody listening and uh, they have any questions or want to order from you, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best ways to contact you? Uh, so the best way you can uh, get a hold of me is through my email, which is otgmeals519 at gmail.com. Or you can just call me on my cell, which is 519-569-9923. Those are direct lines to me. Um, a lot of people actually call me. Um, just because I, I think they just want like a direct answer right away rather than sitting around yeah, and waiting. Exactly. So yeah, you just give me a call or shoot me an email. Perfect. Yep. Well, uh, thanks, Randy. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you. And uh, I appreciate your product. I appreciate I, you having I, me. I think I just put your, one of your kids through college today. Was that <laughs> <laughs> something like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah, okay, my daughter's going to be happy in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Randy. Appreciate it. Bye. bye So uh, Randy uh, from OTG. 
Yeah. Uh, he's been on the go meals. We've been buying his stuff for, well, we, we use, we, that and, uh, happy act stuff and mm-hmm. was, uh, I think the only things we took on our trips last year. Yeah. And I've, he's sponsored our team when we did the, uh, Minus link. Yeah. So we had meals for that. So it's, it's, it, it's a really good, me- I love his meals. Well, so. the fact that he's a chef, right? Yeah. So he's, he's got some, there's some yeah. quality going in there and it's not just factory made on the, on a line and it's all, you yeah. know, it's like in, you know, you're making, you know, what we ought to do. What's that? We ought to say, listen, it, when you're going to be doing your stuff next, we'll come up and we'll help you. And all you got to do is feed us <laughs> yeah. and it'll be really good food. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right, and it won't no, it won't be the the, the dehydrated stuff he's feeding us. It's like a it'll actually be like dehydration steak and lobster yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> what are you guys doing for the weekend? Well, we're going to go help our buddy Randy uh, package a bunch of freeze dried meals and maybe have a beer and a bite to eat. Yeah, <laughs> okay, wine and steak and lobster, whatever. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to have a proper chef made meal. Yeah, we we thoroughly enjoyed. The OTG meals. Um, the only, and, and this isn't a complaint about only about his. I have yet to find a dehydrated meal that the pork or chicken fully rehydrates properly. Like Mountain House, Happy Yak, all the big name brands. I've never had eggs by one of these dehydration, these oh. dehydrated kits. I get the dehydrated, and we talked about this on, mm-hmm. on the weekend. I get the dehydrated food so that I can boil some water, throw it in there, close the yeah. bag, wait 15 minutes and eat. Yeah. Not wait 15 minutes, then spark up the stove. If I'm going to spark up the stove, <laughs> then I'm not bringing one of these bad yeah. boys, right? <laughs> so, and I also, not only talking about Randy's, talking about all of them, this will feed two people. I will raise oh, my know, hand and call BS. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, when I was talking to Randy at the show, I, I we were talking about uh, quantity and size, meal meal size and stuff. And he and he said, "Well, let's be serious. A uh, box craft dinner says for four people." But <laughs> <laughs> true story. Yeah. If you're an oompa loompa, <laughs> yeah, not happening otherwise. Yeah, yeah. These. Uh, so I honestly take uh, any of these meals and. Even the Mountain House stuff, those big ones. That's, yeah, those aren't for... I, I eat a whole one. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know who makes these nutritional guides and everything. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, Randy now has the sticker on his... That has all the nutritional information. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, yeah he sticks a yeah. sticker on the back saying yeah. all that information is on his packaging. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, after Randy... Um, now we we all talk about buying stuff at Toronto area or north yeah. um stores and heading north to go paddling and stuff like that but the south side of Lake Ontario down through Grimsby, Beamsville, St. Catharines, Welland. Yes. Welland's work uh down that way's uh Dennis from Newhound. He's down I mean he's down that way. Yeah. Right? Uh which we're supposed to be making a call to him and um, going out paddling one day this oh, yes. spring or summer. Yeah. A couple of times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Good day trip. Uh, so there was a new vendor that we'd not seen before. And they're out of Beamsville, the Organic Boat Shop. 
a bit of a different store. They do they're an online store, but they do carry some stuff at their house that you can come and yeah. you know give them a call. Say, hey, I'm looking at these boats and stuff like that, and they do have some, so they can you can go take a peek at them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's sort of a hybrid um, online store with a showroom, I guess you could say, like a, a real place showroom. Yeah, um, and that so. Yeah, we we had a little chit chat with them and uh, to find out more about what they're doing. And like I say, they they are a good place to service the uh, south side of Lake Ontario. That's Absolutely, for sure. yeah. You know, because yeah. like you say, and, and you know what, there may be stuff that they sell that you might not be able to get at some of the other stores. Mm-hmm. So you talk to them, and uh, here is your interview with the Organic Boat Shop. Joining us now is Greg Robertson from the Organic Boat Shop. Welcome, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about the Organic Boat Shop, like uh, you know your origins and and what you do, what you guys do. Yeah, so it's really my wife Jody and I that uh, we run the Organic Boat Shop. Uh, we're a home slash online based business, so we welcome uh, people to our house and, and to buy appointments. Um, to check out our boats we have in our in our yard on racks and we have a, sh- a shop there with uh, all of our gear paddles and, and uh, camping gear um, yeah so that's what we do and we try to bring in uh, quality boats canoes uh, we do kayaks as well but uh, we do a lot of uh, ca- more canoes okay okay yeah. so so uh, like who exactly do you cater to what are your business model yeah, so we're we're open to really selling to to all people and, and all different backgrounds. We have beginners that come in looking for you know a backcountry uh, camping boat uh, sort of thing, lighter uh, Kevlar boats, carbon boats, um, but we also sell um, fiberglass boats as well. We primarily right now we sell Winona canoes and Rayom canoes. Okay, um, and you know we so we're selling some tough weave from Winona. We sell some fiberglass from Rayom. Uh, we primarily have uh, right now Kevlar and um, and carbon boats, for instance, we have an order coming in from Rayum in the next, uh, by early June will arrive, about 15 or 20 boats of oh, wow. some carbon, some Kevlar, and some fiberglass. So a okay. little bit, yeah. Winona's been great, um, but uh, just with supply chain and that, we're not able to order again until, uh, we can probably place orders soon, but it'll be arriving late uh, this year. Okay. So how long have you been in business? So for the last year and a half, uh, we've been operating and... Uh, um, before that, we were selling uh, other products in, in, in the outdoor sort of uh, realm of things. And uh, we got into selling uh, canoes and, and kayaks and that, which we love. We do ourselves. We have a place. Uh, we spent a lot of time up north uh, in Georgia Bay area, just uh, point of barrel. Okay. Kind of spent a lot of time of, uh, of our youth and other things, spending time there with family cottage. But uh, we have our own place now, French River, so we spend a lot of time up there. We have four, uh, four young kids. Yeah. And uh, they're all 11 and un- under, so we've been spending a lot of time doing... Uh, you know, some trips, day trips. Uh, we have some plans to go into Killarney and that uh, this nice. year with them. And that, right on. So, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, so tell me about uh, Rayom Boats. Where's they? Yeah, so Rayom Canoes has been in business for over 35 years. Uh, oh. And oh. Uh, they are in Quebec. Um, Got it. Just yeah. that's kind of, I guess it would be 45 minutes um, west of Quebec City. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been making boats for many different companies uh, in the province of Ontario and other places, and and they're also selling boats under their own brand as well. And so you you are you you're an in person type shopping, but else well you must you must do a lot of online sales, right? Yeah, so we do online, obviously with canoes and that uh, larger boats. Um, 
we'll, we take online sales and we do deliveries more in the local area like Toronto and we go beyond that uh, for delivery and that but uh, some of the, our smaller stuff we have uh, deep dish yolks and paddles um, uh, seats and okay, and so you customize boats too. Yeah, stuff yeah, to yeah. Rebuild and, and yeah. replacement parts. Uh, we yeah. sell, um, you know, recreational barrel works uh, barrels and their their coolers and uh, barrel organizers. Uh, we're we're connected with Level Six and selling some of their oh, okay, right um, transportation stuff. We have some of their uh, harnesses, uh, barrel harnesses coming in, um, yoke pads and that sort of stuff as well. Uh, we do badger paddles uh, with Mike there. Ah, up, yes, up, yes. Uh, yeah, Gravenhurst Way. Uh, so we sell his badger paddles as well. Uh, some we have some sassafras still in stock, but uh, primarily some some cherry as well. In that. Mm-hmm. Now, have what have you noticed much in the way of increased business over the period that we're dealing with COVID? Is like must be business booming, right? Yeah, Is I it? mean, one of the things that truly inspired us to switch into doing more canoes and paddling. Uh, that is our love for the outdoors and our love for paddling. But also, well, we got connected uh, with H2O. We sold uh, about 13 of their used boats um, back before the pandemic started. And uh, went well, and we really enjoyed it. I loved the connections with people, and my wife loved the connection with talking with just a passion of ours of the outdoors and, and paddling. Um, and, you know, that was before the pandemic. And since then, it just uh, things took off like, like crazy, obviously, right? So challenging to get inventory naturally. I um, imagine so, yeah. Yeah, supply yeah. chain and all that, as, as you know, and, and price increases and that. Yeah. But, I mean, um, still, yeah, there, it's, it's been great because you have new people that are really introduced to the community. I know that's pr- produced some challenges. I know people talk about that in Algonquin and other things. But hopefully those people have a chance to learn and grow just like everybody has. Yeah. And, and yeah. Cool, cool. So, yeah. Uh, Give us some, if anybody wants to get a hold of you and, and uh, discuss buying some of your boats, uh, how would they get a hold of you? Was yeah, so I mean, our best way is through our website. So you can access organicboatshop.com. Uh, we can keep that up to date with all of our, our boats and, and gear and products that's, that's available. Uh, info at organicboatshop.com is an email. You can get a, give us a phone call, obviously. Um, it's also all, all on our website. Okay, thanks, Greg. So that was Greg Robertson from the Organic Boat Shop. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So you were interested in the uh, Rion boats, eh? Yes. So I I went and looked at the boats. They're really nice, and uh, I had never heard this name before. So it's a it's a manufacturer out of Quebec, and uh, yeah, I I talked to the guy. And he said he does have a, a few models that are like seventeen five and three seaters because that's what he need. I mm-hmm. I need to upgrade to a larger boat. This is my fourteen footer like the my holy cow canoe boat has lasted me has done me very well over the years. It's uh it's gone everywhere and uh but now it's time for a larger boat. It's uh it's kinda getting hard to uh, the kids are getting bigger. I need something larger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you were going to go check out his boats. I said you go check out the boats, come back and have a pee. I I can go have a pee before yeah. the next interview and then you just never came back <laughs> you seem to do that at some point every show i have to wander off somewhere you you wander and it's usually when i've got a pee <laughs> next time i go first i'll leave a cup then for you. you wander I'll leave a, like a gatorade bottle for you can go pee in <laughs> oh there's perfectly good potted plant there but i was told no <laughs> Uh, the last person we had a chit chat with, he was actually on the other side of us. Uh, it's a bit late for this one, but the way things have been going, if you need to order something, mm-hmm. you might want to put your order in now, especially since he's, um, pretty much a one man show sort of thing, right? Yeah. So next to us was Whiskey Jack Outdoor Company. 
they do like freight toboggans and stuff like that. Ice chisels. They had some pretty nice ice chisels there. Yes. Uh, where, uh, some trekking accessory, winter trekking, trekking accessories. So, I mean, yeah, we're sort of out of winter now, but if there's anything that you're, th- you thought, you know what, I could have used a new one of those. Now would be the time to order it. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, so yeah, you, you were chit chatting with John and, uh, uh, found out about his company and stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, some pretty cool stuff. And here is your interview with John from Whiskey Jack Outdoor Company. With me now is John Wakani of Whiskey Jack Outdoor Company. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So you 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 own the company. This is your company, right? Yeah, it's my company. Um, so how did you come about? What? How did you create Whiskey Jack? So I started building toboggans probably about a, 10 years ago and uh, building them for my own travel. And, uh, you know, I was using the cheap kind of Canadian tire or hardware store sleds and converting them into pulps. And, uh, you know, after a while I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this and started looking at, you know, a little traditional methods and seeing yep. toboggans and whatnot. And I thought, you know, I could probably make some of those and put a few together for me and my friends to use and uh people started asking questions said where can i get one of these and kind of one thing led to another and it snowballed so to speak and a little hobby turned into a little little side side business and and here we are today that's amazing so it it must have been a bit of a learning curve all the different plastics that are available what's the best one works in cold weather and yeah did you have any early failures that oh this doesn't work Uh, you know what I i got really lucky with some good suppliers in my local area and, uh, you know, I reached out to a number of different suppliers and, and found one that, that walked me through what plastics would be best, best oh, okay. suited yeah. for, for the cold temperature. And I started off with a the high-density polyethylene that had some additives for, for cold weather. And uh, it would help with the flex and and, uh, and keep it from cracking. And uh, I did that for a few years. That was my standard offering. And then I found a... Uh, uh, they brought up a new material for me, which I call my HIT HDPE. It's high impact textured. Okay. It's a little more rubber in the compound. It's got this beautiful orange peel texture on top. It hides oh. all the scratches, adds a little bit of friction on the top surface. Uh, and that's been a great seller for me for, for years. And then this year, uh, we started offering ultra high molecular weight polyethylene, which is kind of my, my premium offering. It's got great wear characteristics. It's, it's good down to, uh, some really, really cool temperatures, stays flexible. Uh, and the, the, friction on it is it, it, it feels like it's greased it's so oh, okay yeah. nice yeah so th- you have like three different types of plastic currently that you'd make them out of that's right yep yeah yep hmm. the uh so you you do sleds and then i can see now from your from your desk you have the sleds with the cargo bags and stuff but you but you do have various other items now talk, talk to me about the you know the accoutrements you have for sleds yeah so um when i started i was throwing a tarp down on top of my toboggan and, okay, and yeah. throwing all my bags inside the tarp and then wrapping that all up. And yeah. and, uh, and again, you know, when you're out there in minus 20, minus 30, and you're fiddling around trying to exactly. seal everything together, your hands are getting cold. Yeah. It's, um, so again, you know, looking at some of the traditional stuff and then tanks were used for a long time, tanks and top bags. So I thought, okay, let's, let's try this. So I, uh, I started doing tanks. So I've got a six-foot tank, and I throw all my... All my camp gear goes in there, the tent, the sleeping bag, the, uh, you know, my clothes, um, a lot of the gear that I don't use during the day. That all gets strapped down, lashed tight to the toboggan, and then I have a top bag that goes on top. And the top bag has all my travel gear for the day. So got I've it. got my lunch, my camera, my first aid kit, extra coat, all the, ex- yeah. you know, socks, mitts, whatever you want, extra stuff during the day you want easy access to, that goes in the top bag. Um, on the back end, we just started releasing uh, stove bags. 
Oh, protect the stove, so, yeah. Yeah, we've got a, a nice lightweight stove bag on the back now. Uh, they've got uh, axe holder and saw holder built in on top. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, they're all reinforced in the corners to keep the keep the stove from tearing through. Um, and up front this year, we also have what we're calling the curl bag. And that's that, that little D-shaped space in like the front of the toboggan. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A little glove box for your uh, your keys, your wallet, your water bottle, you know, yeah. things like that. Easy so, access. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah, so we've got a few other uh, a few other new products this year. We've got bottle insulators. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, great for keeping your keeping your water from freezing from on freezing, you during the exactly, day. Freezing exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pour some warm water in there in the morning after your coffee, and it, it keeps yeah. it from freezing all day. And uh, ice chisels. I was looking at your ice chisels this morning. So it looks like it's a so it's a custom job. You got a local blacksmith. Yeah, I've got a right? blacksmith making these. They are uh, they are a two piece chisel so they are a tube and a, and a bar that are welded together okay um then the blacksmith is heat treating them and oil quenching them and uh and uh finishing them off and they they hold an edge um they're fantastic they're haven't had to sharpen mine yet it's, okay it's pounded yep. through many holes and then we sell it with a nice leather sheath and uh you know you get out into the woods cut yourself a pole throw some screws in it to uh to keep it from taking a trip to the bottom of the lake and yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah you can get through a foot of ice in, in just a few minutes with the no ice chisel and yeah, I thought it was a very unique idea. So uh, I've brought ice chisels with me. With, you know, you hear the whole pole and everything in, but you just you you just harvest a small chunk of tree and and that's your handle. Yeah, you know, find something that suits you, and uh, you know, not in a, not in a provincial park. And better yeah, to correct. Find yourself something ahead of time in a provincial park, but some deadwood or something. Or yeah, if you're out in the out on crown land, then you know, find yourself something that suits and, exactly, and whittle it down to to fit the fit the socket yeah. and yeah. Place it on, <laughs> throw some screws in, and away you go. Yeah, it's a pretty neat, pretty neat thing. I, I uh, well, before COVID, I remember looking at those things and thinking, I'm going to get one of those one day. <laughs> well, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the my notes just locked up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, so it's it's uh, how long have you been in business for? So five years this year. Five years, eh? yeah. Yeah, so we, like I said, I started building them probably 10 years ago, and, and five years ago I bit the bullet. Everybody kept asking me for them. I said, okay, let's let's brand it and, and yeah. turn it into a turn it into a small business. So. Have you seen any of your sleds on major expeditions anywhere, like up north? Like, is there anybody uh, uh, done, you know? Yeah, we had the uh, the Crossing Algonquin crew back in uh, 2018. They took oh, okay. uh, they took three of our HDP toboggans and tanks. And they went uh, diagonally across Algonquin Park. Yes, in, in they 10 did a days. presentation last time we yeah, saw. Yeah, they've got a nice video on YouTube yeah, of that. That yeah. was uh, uh, Buck Miller, Eric Batty, and, and Ryan Atkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty neat. So, so for anybody who's interested in uh, getting their hands on some of your products, uh, you what about contact info website? What can yeah, you tell check us? out the web page www.whiskeyjackoutdoor uh, com or uh, by email whiskeyjackoutdoorco at gmail com. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thanks, John. Thanks for joining us now, and uh, and uh, we'll get back to the symposium. Great. Thanks very much. The thing I like the most that they had was that chisel. It's really neat. So they had a they they found a local blacksmithy, and they so it's stainless steel. It's a stainless steel tube. They put onto a uh, a chisel tip, welded it together, and then you could see the workings where the black the blacksmith. Uh, had uh, hammered it and whatever. So it was, it's really neat to see a hand-tooled 
tool. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty but cool. I like the fact that you don't have to carry a six foot no, you could shovel handle. Exactly. With you. you don't have to carry that. You just lop off a, a tree branch and jam it in, put a screw through it so you don't lose mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and Bob Junkle, you yeah. hammer away at the ice. I mean, you've got this little thing strapped in your pack or at the side of your pack or whatever. Yeah. Not this big long handle you're trying to yeah, fit in somewhere, exactly. right? Which is really cool. Uh, all in all, it was, I think it was a, a pretty good, uh, show. Yeah. Uh, I did get to speak quickly with Adam Schultz. Oh, yes. And yeah. we're, we're going to have him on, uh, sooner than later. Um, I'm going to give him a shout, uh, this week and say, hey, let's, uh, get you on here and yes, talk about, absolutely. about the trips he's done in the past yeah. and the, his books and, and everything and his yeah. new book. I want to talk about more than just his new book. So, um, yes. had a little chit chat with him there while there was uh, a couple of the, uh, um, presentations going on yeah. so and that in itself is another thing it, when we're we're doing the interviews we're not seeing the show we're not seeing that yeah so i saw probably about 10 or maybe 15 minutes of Ad, adam schultz's uh presentation and uh but then i had to leave so it was uh that was previous years i've got to see a lot of the speakers but this year, because we did interviews during, mm-hmm. we uh, I missed out on all of the uh, segments. Yeah, it's a shame that we have to do it that way, mm-hmm. and we do miss. But maybe what I'll do next year is I'll just get Tracy to bring my GoPro okay, and put it there, and then we can just watch it well, later. David records it, doesn't he? Well, he's had uh, Evan Holt from Traversing, mm-hmm. dot, uh, .ca. Yeah. Um, he usually sits there and records, but I didn't see Evan there this year. Yeah, I don't know. Right, he was another guy that uh, seemed to be missing this year. Mm-hmm. So, well, he's got the baby at home too. Yes, right? new baby like, and stuff. Yeah. Well, not too new. I think it's one or two now. Oh yeah. Ah, time flies. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, maybe I'll just get Tracy to record a, a GoPro, just record, and yeah. next time and mm-hmm. call it a day. That yeah. way, we're not missing it. Yeah, because I would have liked to have seen some of the speakers. Yeah. Well, on this way, we're not. You know, we, it's all fresh, uh, interview for us when we talk to Adam. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that. Yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, David Bain and, uh, Matt Olson helps him out with that. And, uh, it seemed to go very well this year. Yeah. All the volunteers that helped out and cause it was family day weekend of February, uh, end of February that we were, we heard about it. Yeah. So February, March, April, like that was a month and a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, not much time to, to put, put it all together. A month right? and a half to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out quite well, I'm thinking. Yeah. So congrats, guys. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, we'll see you next uh, year. We'll see you next year. Uh, you got anything else? I do not. You do not. Now you can, well, are, are you done moving yet? No, no. So you're not even starting to plan your, when's your Wabakimi trip? August 6th through oh, 21st. Yeah. We got a June trip. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to be doing a trip on May 1st, but uh, I already backed out of that one. You're supposed to be doing a trip on June 24th. Oh, yes. Is that too? Oh, too? Yeah. yeah. We forgot about that, didn't we? That should be fun. That'd May be 1st. Where were you going May 1st? Uh, just a backcountry trip in Algonquin Park, spring fishing. Oh. And you backed out of that? <laughs> because I'm moving. I, I've already burned two weeks of vacation. How long is the trip? It's, well, it's just a one week trip. Oh, so what, not like a a three day or something. So I've got two weeks Wabakimi. 
I've got uh, two weeks that I've already burned for uh, for moving and, and getting the house ready for sale. And uh, that leaves me one week of vacation. Don't so you I, get like 12 weeks or something no. like that? No. I thought you, you got, got like five 12. weeks. You get five weeks? Yeah. You're not very creative with your holidays. Well, I'm not supposed to be blowing it on house maintenance, but... <laughs> <laughs> Repeat so, after me. <coughs> yeah. No. I, I got a cold. I, I, I can't come I've in today. I've never done that. I've never been able to do that. I, so, and unfortunately, how, many, how many sick days do you get? Well, eventually they'd stop paying you, but you know, I could unlimited, really. So how many paid sick days, like maybe a week fishing trips worth? I can't, I can't do that, though. I can't do that. <coughs> I got a cold fish on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> calling in, oh, calling in my satellite phone. Yeah, in, who is this? Uh, well, you all get uh, whatever you don't get this year, you'll be able to make up next year. Yes, exactly. Awesome. All righty. And, uh, yeah, I've. So I've got this week as well. So again, it was a great uh, symposium, and uh, can't wait. Oh, anybody that missed us at the symposium, if you're going to the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, Sean will be there. I will be wandering around there. Mm-hmm. So come up to me, say hello, and say, "Give me a sticker." <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and watch me forget them too, right? <laughs> Give me a sticker. <laughs> put them in your bag now. I'll put them in my bag now. You know, all I do is trace. Give them a sticker. She always has them. <laughs> yeah. Like as I used to complain that she wrote, she always had a purse. Yeah. And I was like, oh wait, I got a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> See the sticker lady. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can either stream or download all our episodes there. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. Uh, big shout out to everybody that did stop by our booth and say hello and uh, how much they enjoy listening to our show. And uh, uh, look forward to uh, seeing everybody a lot more this summer. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>